Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Ah, bonjour. So happy to be with you. So grateful that we get to connect in this way. Oh, I am uh, now in Vermont. I will be here for a number of weeks. Uh, If you're a regular listener to the radio show, last week we had our 400th episode. And uh, so I started this broadcast in September 2011. And uh, my first guest was Gary Renard. My second guest, I believe, was Ken Wapnick. And... uh, I, one of the things you would know if you've been listening to uh, the archive is that I I pretty much come to Vermont every summer. I think the only summer I've missed in the last 13 years was 2014. I was in England and I decided not to travel back to come teachings with my teacher, Venerable Dahani Oahu, and uh um, so it's just so nice to be here. I, I arrived here last night. Yeah. All right. Let's begin with a prayer. So grateful and so thankful for the infinite intelligence that is the very nature of our being. So grateful and so thankful to open our hearts, open our minds to the perfect love that we already are. We are grateful and thankful to wholeheartedly partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to remember and to recognize that our true identity is perfect. And this is the true identity of all our brothers and sisters. We are all part of God, infinite creator. And we are grateful and thankful to recognize that this is already so, the perfection, the freedom, the joy, the wisdom, the clarity, the harmony, prosperity, and abundance, all the spiritual qualities are already ours. I'm so grateful and so thankful to awaken together. We are grateful to dedicate this broadcast to our awakening. We are joined together in a transcending time and space together to celebrate our victory. We are grateful to share the benefits with everyone. We let it be. And so it is. I am. I am. I am. Amen. 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 (laughs) That's funny. I never did that before came through so clear. I am, I am, I am. I am that I am. Yeah, so um, my friend Karen had asked for more on the um, characteristics of the teachers of God. And by the way, if you'd like to submit a topic or a suggestion, you can do that at the com forward slash radio page. That's where you can also pick up the transcripts. And while you're there, you can also sign up for an email that we send when the transcript is done with the key points in the transcript. So for those of you who listen regularly, that might be helpful to you. And uh, you can do the search function in the archive as well so great. And, you know, I'm just going to mention it now while I'm thinking of it. Because we do have 400 episodes, iTunes will only accept 300 episodes in a uh, podcast. So if you're iTunes podcaster, then um, you'll need to get both podcasts. So the 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 overflow is in the archive, of course, the miracles archive. Uh, but if you're on a, a different, if you're not using iTunes, it's not an issue. So if you're not on a iPhone or if you're using Stitcher, then you're, you're fine. So, uh, 
honesty is the number two characteristic of God's teachers. And this is actually one of my um, favorite topics from the Manual for Teachers, the characteristics of God's teachers. And honesty is short and sweet. Uh, many of the characteristics uh, of God's teachers, as described by Jesus in the Manual for Teachers, um, are pretty short. Honesty just is two paragraphs. Trust is the longest one because it's the um, foundation for the whole thing. And uh, so I'm just going to read this here. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. So he writes, all other traits of God's teachers, and there are 10 of the characteristics. He says, rest on trust. Once that has been achieved, the others cannot fail to follow. Only the trusting can afford honesty, for they can see its value. For only they can see its value. Honesty does not apply only to what you say. The term actually means consistency, and I love this. He says, there is nothing you say that contradicts what you think or do. No thought opposes any other thought. No act belies your word, and no word lacks agreement with another. Such are the truly honest. At no level are they in conflict with themselves. Therefore, it is impossible for them to be in conflict with anyone or anything. So I'm actually going to pause there before reading the second paragraph. So the term actually means consistency. There is nothing you can you say that contradicts what you think or do. No thought opposes any other thought. No act belies your word, and no word lacks agreement. There's no inner conflict, therefore... It's not possible to be in conflict with anyone or anything. Now, what I have found is the more consistent I am, the less conflict there is in my life. Boom. Right there. I talk about this quite a bit in my classes because uh, what it, in the way I teach about it is I, I teach about it in terms of heart-mind congruency. So if we hold in our heart that we'd like to experience, let's say, abundance, okay? We hold in our heart. We'd like to experience abundant, um, abundance. We'd like to live a prosperous life. Well, if that's what we're holding in our heart, but in our mind, we're ruminating on lack, on limitation, on grievances, then our heart and our mind are not congruent. If they're not aligned, then our life will be scattered and unaligned as well. It's just how this world works, and it's actually a great system. The, the more clear I am about how this world works, the more I can see it as a great teaching system. So we forgot to laugh. The tiny mad idea of better than and less than separation, incongruency in the oneness came into our mind and we forgot to laugh. Uh, we started to entertain better than and less than, started to make it real for us. We forgot to laugh. So in terms of being consistent, we can consistently remember to laugh at the incongruencies. Rather than take them as painful, we can learn to say, oh my gosh, this morning I was praying for peace of mind and now here I am complaining about something. Well, there's no way to have peace of mind if I'm complaining about something. So... <laughs> I can return to sanity. I can be consistent. I can be honest. It's a simple practice. It's so, so powerful, though, because I used to look for conflict. I used to agitate for conflict. 
I was all about the conflict. And, and I, I see that conflict was a sense of power for me, starting a problem and being a troublemaker and not agreeing with people, needing to be different, uh, all of those things, all the ways in which I would be divisive day in and day out, creating conflict wherever I went. For me, it was a way to express my powerlessness by grasping at power in the world, the power to upset people, the power to annoy them and frustrate them, the power to irritate them. So I decided, oh, I don't want to do that anymore. Um, Now let's go on to that second paragraph here. The peace of mind which the advanced teachers of God experience is largely due to their perfect honesty. And this is what I was writing about in my daily spiritual espresso this morning. I aspire to this perfect honesty, this perfect consistency. He says, it is only the wish to deceive that makes for war. Mm -hmm. No one at one with himself can even conceive of conflict. Conflict is the inevitable result of self-deception, and self-deception is dishonesty. So what is self-deception? The self-deception is that we're separate, that we're a body, that we're incomplete, that something is lacking or missing. Nothing is missing. My beautiful friend Renee Stahl wrote a song called Nothing's Missing. It's one of my favorite songs. You can get the um, video at YouTube, Nothing's Missing by Renee Stahl. Um, Beautiful song. So compelling. Um, So when... We are energizing lack, attack, limitation, and separation. We're essentially being dishonest. Yep. Conflict is the inevitable result of self-deception, and self-deception is dishonesty. So I'm going to just pause here for a moment, and I'm going to invite you to think of an area where you have conflict on a regular basis where is it maybe you feel conflict within yourself and maybe it's with someone else maybe you can think of two different things one within yourself a conflict within yourself and a conflict with someone else just pause and think about that for a moment This is an opportunity for healing right here. So the conflict comes from being inconsistent. Saying you want one thing, but you are actually choosing another. So let's look at these two things. Let's start with yourself. What is the thing that you say you'd like? And what is it that you're energizing with your thoughts and your words and your actions? Therein lies the conflict. And now with the other person, what is this thing that you say you'd like to experience? Is it peace? Is it joy? Is it freedom? Love? Harmony? And then what are you choosing that's not congruent with that? Are you choosing to say things that make someone feel guilty? Are you choosing to make yourself feel guilty? Are you choosing complaints, criticism, shaming, blaming, attack thoughts, opinions, judgments? All of these things will create conflict. Of course they will. So let's give 
all of it to the Holy Spirit for healing right now. Let's cultivate that great, great willingness to be peaceful, to be harmonious, to be aligned with the divine. So grateful that we can choose that for ourselves here and now. So we don't have to understand or comprehend how the healing will occur. But right now, let's be so, so willing to let the Holy Spirit intervene and generate a healing for us. Let us see in our mind's eye receiving that healing, accepting that healing, and experiencing the healing. So we're also experiencing the healed state, imagining ourselves experience the healed state of peace, of harmony, or prosperity, whatever it might be. Yeah, and let's invoke the angels too and say, may it be so, may it be so, now and forevermore, we're going to allow it. So there is no challenge to a teacher of God, this honesty section says in the second paragraph. There is no challenge to a teacher of God. Challenge implies doubt and the trust on which God's teachers rest, secure, makes doubt impossible. Therefore, they can only succeed. In this, as in all things, they are honest. They can only succeed because they never do their will alone. They choose for all mankind and for all the world and all things in it, for the unchanging and unchangeable beyond appearances. And for the Son of God and his Creator, how could they not succeed? They choose in perfect honesty, such, excuse me, sure of their choice as of themselves. It's beautiful, is it not? And this is what we're being called to participate in. For me, one of the great promises of A Course in Miracles is that when we let the Holy Spirit do it, when we let put Spirit in charge, there can be no failure. Success is assured and guaranteed. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. Just contemplate that, that success is assured and guaranteed. When we're operating on our own, success is not assured and guaranteed. Something else is. (laughs) Something that will lead us to conclude that it is best not to go it alone. And, and, and Jesus says in, in the Course that we, we are never alone. We cannot be alone. Uh, being alone is impossible. So let's not delude ourselves. He says, I am always with you. I am always with you. Always, always, always. So let's stand in that awareness together. So now let's really look deeply into this consistency, because for me, I know that once I really in earnest started to dedicate myself to a living spiritual practice that I was carrying with me throughout my day, not just a little bit here and there, but really looking to apply a spiritual practice all day, every day, every minute, every hour, really looking to, uh, really aspiring to that, um, to, to that level of consistency. Once I began to do that, I, uh, my, the healing of my mind began to accelerate. And, uh, 
uh, as it accelerated and accelerated, and I really desired to be consistent in this way that we're talking about here, I know that's what led me to A Course of Miracles, a practice that's all about developing consistency. Now, one of my favorite sections in the text is uh, about consistency in terms of um, means and end. So that's chapter 20, section 7. And this is absolutely critical to cultivating this characteristic of honesty. So in this teaching, we can liken it to uh, we've heard about the teaching of, oh, I'm trying to remember, I think it's uh, Mahatma Gandhi who said, the ends is in the means. Maybe it was uh, King who said the ends is in the means. So, And that oh, is so true. So it's... Um, there are many times when we fool ourselves thinking that we can achieve a certain goal, but our means are inconsistent with it. It's, we see it all the time in the world. Probably the most flagrant example of that is when we see uh, leaders trying to create peace in this world by waging war. No consistency in the means and the end there. And so, of course, it's doomed to fail. Uh so it, 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 in this section, which I highly recommend, section 7 in chapter 20, the consistency of means and ends, he says, we have said much about discrepancy of means and ends and how these must be brought in line before your holy relationship can bring you only joy. But we have also said the means to meet the Holy Spirit's goal will come from the same source as does his purpose. Being so simple and direct, this course has nothing in it that is not consistent. The seeming inconsistencies or parts you find more difficult than others are merely indications of areas where means and end are still discrepant within us within us, I'll add that, those two words. And this produces great discomfort. This need not be. This course requires almost nothing of you. It is impossible to imagine one that asks so little or could offer more. So what does it ask of us? One thing. And that one thing is required, and that is our willingness. So are we willing to have consistency of means and ends. So if we go back to what we were thinking about a little while ago, the the thing within yourself where there's conflict and the thing outside yourself where there's conflict, are you willing to have consistency of means to achieve the ends that you desire? Are you willing are you willing? Are you willing? Are you willing? Are you really, really willing? How willing are you? A little bit of willingness is willingness, but there's the willingness that is deceptive. Okay. And I'm going to talk about that in the second part of this broadcast because I can feel that's a bigger topic. I don't want to start it now as we're preparing to go into the break. So what I'm going to talk about just for a quick minute here, I've got a minute, um, is uh, upcoming events that you might be interested in. I have three in-person events. Uh, people love to do the in-person events. They're so powerful, so life-changing, and so healing. And that is the only reason I do them, because they're also a lot of work for me, my team, uh, travel, and things like that. But the results are so awesome. I 
I have to schedule a few each year. So these are the only ones left for the year. And they are in September. I'm doing a retreat for the recovery of sexual abuse. Uh, the, anyone uh, is welcome to come to that. And then in October, two professional trainings also open to anyone. There are no prerequisites. And one of those is my spiritual counseling training intensive. And the other one is how to lead and create a workshop, which includes certification of how to lead my forgive and be free workshop. So all three of these events are open for registration right now. The two October events are on early bird special right now with payment plans for all. Yeah. And I am Jennifer Hadley. You are listening to A Course in Miracles. We're on Unity Online Radio. And I'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. And uh, we're talking about honesty, the characteristic of the teachers of God, and what it really means, Jesus tells us, is consistency. And... One of the things we were talking about before the break uh, is that he tells us the one thing we have to do to accomplish our goals is be willing. That's it. That's the only thing that's asked of us, to truly be willing to give up our attachment to the ego thought system, our investment in the ego thought system and to relinquish it and to allow the Holy Spirit back into our mind. That's the big challenge. Now, uh, sometimes when I'm counseling someone, because I've been counseling people for 19 years now, and sometimes when I'm counseling someone, I'll suggest that they, they consider using the affirmation, thy will, not mine. And almost universally, most people will kind of uh, shrink back from that. No, oh, um, no, I don't, I don't wish to, to use that affirmation. Another affirmation, by the way, that people shrink back from is, I am perfect. <laughs> people don't like saying that either. But thy will, not mine, is people are afraid that if they surrender the need to have a separate will and to exercise their free will to do things that are not alignment in alignment with love, not uh, consistent with love, not congruent with love, people are afraid that if they give up the right to do that, which you'll still have the right to do it, but even just thinking thy will not mine for a minute or 10 seconds, people will feel uncomfortable because they fear God's punishment. Why do they fear God's punishment? Because they believe that they are sinners and that sinners should be punished or sinners are automatically punished, which is why so many people punish themselves and they don't even realize that that's what they're doing. So if you feel that your life is hard, that it's very difficult, that you're being punished, you're probably punishing yourself in order to, as you may believe, circumvent God's punishment, that we people punish themselves in order to avoid God's punishment because they think it'll be uh, their own punishment will be a lighter load and then God will forgive them. God being an old man in the sky who looks down upon people and says, oh, for gosh sakes, 
uh, she's punishing herself so much. I don't think I need to. I don't have the heart for it. All right. Let's let her off the hook. But that's not the very nature of God at all. So um, <laughs> when we have these false beliefs, we all set ourselves up with punishment. And so the very idea, thy will, not mine, seems like it is an invitation to be punished, to be attacked, or to have to give up everything that you enjoy, everything that brings you pleasure. Um, oh, I won't be able to have ice cream anymore. I won't be able to have wine anymore. I won't be able to smoke anymore. I won't be able to enjoy sex anymore. Whatever it is, or let's say uh, people have uh, addictive compulsive tendencies. Oh, I, I won't be able to enjoy my addictions anymore and my self-medication if I align with the divine. Well, the only reason that we would make that compromise is that we believe firmly that maintaining our own sense of separation is actually going to be far more enjoyable and beneficial than being united and fully one with spirit in our mind. Because, of course, we truly are already. But to consciously know it would be a detriment. And so that's why we continue to hold our mind as separate. So, consider just working with what is your willingness to align with thy will, not mine. And look, be willing, have the humility to look at where you're trying to manage things according to what you believe is best. And why? Why are you doing that? It's about trust, and this is why trust is the number one characteristic of God's teachers. We don't trust that the infinite loving intelligence is actually loving and that it has our best interest at heart. We think that if spirit was given all uh, its way over our life, our life would be uh, dramatically barren rather than abundance, prosperity, joy, freedom, harmony, and beauty breaking out all over. We think it's all going to be about deprivation. Nothing could be more opposite from the truth. So this is what I'm experiencing is that the more I give up needing to hold myself separate or trying to work my will, the more prosperity, the more abundance, the more beauty, the more harmony, the more I feel grateful all the time for what is. Yes, indeed. In fact, uh, I was, I've been thinking about this the last few days. I'll probably write my, my daily spiritual espresso about this for tomorrow. So Saturday, I flew from, uh, Los, well, I flew, I, I, from Santa Barbara to Newark, New Jersey, Santa Barbara, California. So I did write about this in my spiritual espresso, but I'm going to, not everybody reads that. So I'm going to share this here because I think it was really meaningful and it it, is very much about honesty and consistency. So, and, and this is a way to practice it. You know, I'm so practical in terms of practicing these principles because that's what brings the result. For a long time, I satisfied my ego with studying without practicing. 
or practicing minimally and focusing more on studying, trying to remember things and quote thing. Well, I don't know that I ever focused that much on quoting, but I was interested in learning all about it versus practicing it, applying it. And uh, it's a huge difference when we really practice and apply it. So one of the things that happened to me was on uh, Saturday morning, I got on a plane in Santa Barbara and uh, I was flying to L.A. and then from L.A. to New Jersey. And I had about 40 minutes, something like that, layover in L.A. to get from plane to plane. And uh, the the gate I was arriving in was actually quite a substantial difference, distance rather, from the gate I was going to fly out of back to the East Coast. So I had some real schlepping to do between gates. And um, so came in on this uh, flight from Santa Barbara and the flight was about a half an hour, 40 minutes late taking off. All right. So, uh, and interestingly, the pilot, it was a small plane. I don't know how many seats it had, maybe 40 seats or something like that. So he said, well, they're telling me that the way that we're delayed because of a technical uh, alert that's going on and they're telling me the way to correct it is to open the door and close the door. So that's what he did. <laughs> and it worked. He said, okay, now I have to fill out the paperwork and then we can go on our way. So that's what happened. So we got to LA, uh, just about, mm, maybe 20 minutes before my next flight was due to take off. And uh, there was a guy behind me who uh, was uh, saying, oh, I'm on this 1215 flight to Newark. I'll never make it. I'm sure that, you know, they're closing the doors now. We'll never make it. I said, oh, I, I think we might make it. You know, sometimes it's advantageous to hold the plane for a few minutes to let a few people on versus uh, taking off without us and rerouting us. And there was a United Airlines person there who said, oh, they're not going to hold that plane for you because uh, then there are other people who are going to miss their connections out of Newark. So that they probably are not going to hold that plane for you at all. So I just said, well, we'll see. I had to wait for my roller bag at the side of the plane anyway. So there's nothing I could do. I was just going to go to the next gate as quickly as I could without stress, without strain. But it actually was some strain because I had too heavy. My roller bag was heavy and my carry-on bag was heavy. I just had a lot of stuff, which I don't need to explain anyway. Um this guy said, I'm not even bothering. I'm just going to customer support. So he did that. And I just made a beeline for the gate because I really did not wish to take a flight a couple hours later. Though if that had happened, it would have been fine. I would have had a nice lunch in the airport. And without the, lay the layover time, I was not going to be able to get a salad, which was my heart's desire. I'd have to eat some snack they had on the plane. Um, anyway, I as I was tra traversing between the two gates, again, a long distance, it took me, I don't know, at least 10 minutes to walk it. Um, they didn't offer to rush us over there with some kind of cart, so I'm just hoofing it. And I can hear them as I got closer. They're calling my name. Last call for Jennifer Hadley and this other guy. And um, I just kept going. What could I do? There was nothing I could do. I just kept going. And as I walked up, the the guy at the gate said, are you Jennifer Hadley? I said, I am. He said, oh, we just closed the door. Well, let me see if we can get it back open. He said, they usually don't ever do that, but let me see. So he made a call and somebody was saying, oh, they'll never open the door. They'll never open the door. He said, I'm going to call anyway. Oh, it's a waste of time. They're never going to open the door. He said, I'm calling. 
Shh, I'm calling. Let me hear what they have to say. He said, they're going to open the door. So we ran down the thing and they opened the door. And in fact, the, the people sitting in the bulkhead by the door said, oh my God, have you ever seen that happen? I've never seen that happen. Everybody was saying, the all the gate attendants, they were like, oh my God, this never happens. What What's happening here? Um, and so I sat down on the plane and I thought, well, I'll be interested to see if my bags managed to make it. I barely made it. Couldn't they get my bags on the plane? Well, we sat there for a few minutes with the door closed. Uh, about uh, And that other guy could have totally made the flight. Totally. Toots. He could have made it. Didn't even bother. That was his free will. I used my free will. So here's the application of free will. Now, for me, and by the way, I had a great flight. I had an empty seat next to me, which was so lovely. I ate the hummus snack on the plane, and which had some salad with it. And I was fine, of course. And my bags were in Newark on the flight with me. They were there when I landed. So fantastic. Couldn't, you know, everything perfect. And... That's how I intended it to be when they, you know, when uh, 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 all the people on the flight around me, as we were sitting on the tarmac in Santa Barbara, oh, I'm going to miss my connection. Oh, I'm going to miss my connection. Oh, gosh. Oh, boy. Now what are they going to do? People saying, you know, I wanted to say nurse, attendant, attendant, what are they going to do for me? What are they going to do? And she, I don't know if it was her second day on the job or whatever, but she was kind of like that kind of like Eeyore, I don't know, they'll help you, they'll figure it out. <laughs> she she was not very reassuring. And people were trading all their stories of what, uh, oh, oh, boy, I got it. And I just was like, well, it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. It's all good. And um, that was so genuinely how I felt. And everything worked out perfectly, perfectly. The only change I would have liked to have made is I would have liked to have stopped and gotten a Starbucks and a salad to take on the plane with me when I was in L.A. But it's all fine. I was so glad to not arrive on the next flight a couple hours later. So it's so important to practice consistency. What did I wish to experience? Ultimately, I wished to experience peace and harmony, not just at the end, but all the way there. On the first plane, when we were sitting on the tarmac, because once they got that door closed and the light went off or whatever, they still had to fill out the paperwork and everything. We're sitting there and sitting. I was interested in being harmonious then and being helpful. And I was talking with the gentleman next to me, and he was saying, well, I, what gate? I wanted how far I'm trying to calculate how far I'll be uh, what gate we're going to get in and what, how far the next gate is, which I'd already done via the United app on uh, my phone. And I said, do you have the app on your phone? He's like, no, no, I don't, I don't do that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, well, I'm sure when you get off the plane, I didn't try to look it up for him, um, which I could have done, but my guidance was not to. There you go. My inclination was to look it up for him, but my guidance was not to. Interesting. Don't know why. Doesn't matter. Just follow the guidance. I said to him, when we come in at the gate, uh, there's going to be somebody there at the gate, most likely, and you can ask them. He said, because sometimes they take those flights off of the board. They won't be on the board. I said, well, there'll probably be somebody at the gate. Well... They met, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I don't need to argue with you about it. You can be right. 
it's going to be a bummer. It's going to be a disaster. You're not going to get the help you need. You'll get the wrong information. You're convinced of it. Have it your way. It's all good. It's all good. You see, and this is what the learning is about. This is, we, we, we are learning to be consistent. If you'd like to have it be harmonious and supportive and peaceful, hold in your mind that it is. One of the things I do, particularly when I'm traveling, is I ask for angelic support all the way. Angels help me ease and grace all the way. And I get it. I receive it. I find that traveling for me is somewhat stressful. I have a tendency sometimes to forget to pack things or to leave things in hotel rooms. And then that's just like, oh, that's gone, that's gone. Oh, my favorite cup, whatever, you know. Um, but that's release of attachments. And so, and angels are amazing. They will say things like uh, just... Um, Oh, ask that guy if he knows the answer or see if they can help you or what, whatever it is. And things go so well for me. Now, somebody might say, well, that didn't sound like it went very well. But you see, we don't know how that delay on the tarmac was somehow the highest and best for some other people for some reason that's incomprehensible. We don't know. We really don't know. But we just have to trust that it is. And that's what being consistent is about, is cons being um, really willing to trust that everything is working together for our good and there is no exception. So I want to jump to um, chapter 7 and section 2 right at the end. So this is section 2 is called the law of the kingdom. And at the end here, paragraph 6, it says, no one connection, no one questions the connection of learning and memory. Learning is impossible without memory, since it must be consistent to be remembered. That is why the Holy Spirit's teaching is a lesson in remembering. I said before that the Holy Spirit teaches remembering and forgetting. But the forgetting is only to make the remembering consistent. So this is where he's he's being very um, uh, oh can't think of the word. Okay, I don't need to describe it. Just 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 uh, have to be very willing to catch the the meaning here. He says, um, "You forget." in order to remember better. So we, we forget the ego teaching in order to remember the truth better. And he says, you will not understand the Holy Spirit's translations while you listen to two ways of interpreting them. Mm -hmm. The ego's way. And the Spirit's way. Therefore, you must forget or relinquish one to understand the other. This is the only way you can learn consistency so that you can finally be consistent. So when I think of my, and I'll tell you, I didn't have any idea that that was even in my memory when I was telling this story. But the moment when I felt that I, I, I'll say I wanted to help the man find his gate. He didn't have the app. I had the app. I could look it up, or at least I thought I might be able to figure it out. That was my egos wanting 
I could have said, well, this is being truly helpful. But to be truly helpful, we have to wait till we're guided. And I was guided not to. And I, I did question it. No, don't help him. No, don't help him. It's fine. It's all good. It's fine. Who knows what would have happened if I had disregarded that. You see, so this is the kind of consistency that we're talking about here. In order to be truly helpful, we have to be consistent in being willing to recognize that we will be guided, we will be led, we will be told what to say and when to say it and where to go and when to go. And this is one of the ways that we can practice honesty and consistency. I find it all the time, shows up all the time in my life. And it does for everybody else too. It's are you willing to are you willing to be that available? Are you willing to listen at that level and get put your ego, what your ego wants, aside? So we're surrendering the need for things to be our way. Yes, yes, yes. And I am going to be consistent here and share with you that I have a uh, gift for you with my sacred circle. Uh, Sacred circle is my spiritual counseling call that I do uh, every, um, almost every week. It's a wonderful group practice that we join together and it's a monthly membership and you can join us the first month is free for the radio show listeners if you use this code sacred gift when you register sacred gift you get the first month free oh that was action-packed filled and i am grateful let's pray So grateful and thankful to recognize the fullness of love is happening where we are now and forever. We are grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to recognize the truth of our identity as perfect love. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 I love you. Have a great rest of your week. Mwah.